Arianne, welcome to Balance Black Girl. I'm really pumped to have you here today. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be here and I'm so excited to share this space with you. Oh yeah. Well, I am honored to have you in this space and I'm so happy that you're here to help us get our periods together because we need to get them together. (laughs) Yes. Before we dive into that, can you tell us what brought you to the wellness space and how you became a period educator? Yeah. So whenever people ask me this question, it's just kind of funny because I feel like I've always been in the wellness space. Like I was an elite level athlete. I was a collegiate athlete. So like health and wellness was kind of just like the norm for me, Mm -hmm. but specifically for periods, I was actually interviewing someone from my podcast back in 2019. And on my podcast, I remember this girl saying periods are not supposed to be painful. I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like pause. I've never heard this in my life. In the 12 years of having a period, I had never heard that periods were not supposed to be painful. And we had a whole discussion about it. And at the time, I was a certified functional nutritionist and personal trainer. And I was like, I'm going to try to fix my own period. So selfishly enough, I went on this healing journey, obviously, you know, to fix my own period and found a world in which, you know, I was able to heal and help myself, but also so many other people who had painful periods. And the whole title, if you will, of period educator came from the fact that I was immersed in tons of research. I read like every book under the sun about periods and hormones and understanding your cycle, but there was no one place I could go as a woman of color and really get the knowledge that I needed and the support that I needed. So Mm -hmm. I decided to create that space and hence me being a menstrual health educator and integrative health practitioner. Amazing. There's so many things that I want to get into there because it's super relatable. One, I think painful periods and uncomfortable periods are something that are so, so normalized that until you hear someone talk about their experience not having that happen, you're like, oh, wait, what? Because it's just something that's supposed to suck. It's supposed to be terrible. We're supposed to hate it. And I think that education is so important. And what you said about having like a single place to go to um, where you can actually learn how that part of your body works because it's not something that we're actually taught. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's so interesting because the narrative around periods and menstruation starts off negative as soon as you find out that you're going to have a period. I mean, I remember being in the fifth grade where they were like, we were doing some type of like VHS situation, like super old school, (laughs) watching a girl get her period. And she was so embarrassed, feeling so guilty, so ashamed of her cycle. And I remember I was in the fifth grade watching that. And not too long after, I think like two years later, I got my period and I had those same feelings and that narrative of like shame and guilt and the taboo surrounding menstruation followed me my entire life. So it's no wonder that my period was heavy and, you know, the relationship I had with like my bleed, my flow, all of it was just terrible. So, you know, having a safe space for people to come to learn about it, but also normalize that stigma surrounding periods, like they're growing they're like disgusting, all those things. I just really wanted to change it, but also empower and educate women to administrators alike to be able to heal and help themselves. So yeah, that's kind of how it all happened and why it happened too. 
Mm, that's so good. And I loved what you just said about your relationship with your flow, your relationship with your period and how that has helped change it and change your experience with it. Because I don't think, I don't think I've ever thought of it that way before or heard anybody say that where we talk about having a relationship with our cycles and with how our bodies work. Yeah. And you know, there's this, we live in the culture of self-love, body positivity and self-care, right? Mm-hmm. That should be applied to every single aspect yet we have these aspects where we're like, oh no, that's an untouchable. And like, I feel like the periods have been the untouchable topic and like the part of ourselves where we just struggle to love it because it is painful at times because we don't understand it. But like, how about we go into it, figure out where that wound lies? What does that really link to? And then like heal through it, transform it from within and then keep it moving. That's, that's what I'm all about. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Let's like talk through it and heal through it. So I think first it might be helpful if we start with just kind of a basic kind of overview, because I think a lot of people still don't understand how periods work and the different (laughs) phases of our menstrual cycles. And I will be honest, it was very like the past couple of years where I actually learned that. And I've been getting periods for about 20 years now. And for so long, it was either like, I'm either on my period or I'm not, but I didn't understand (laughs) everything that happened in between. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's walk through it. (laughs) All right, friends, get out your notebook, menstruation 101. We are here. So (laughs) the first, there are, what happens on your period when you're not bleeding? Like what happens throughout your cycle when you're not bleeding is what we need to cover. So like you said, there are four phases of the menstrual cycle. The first phase is what we are all familiar with. This is menstruation. This is when the endometrium lining is shedding. This is when you are bleeding. This is when you're typically like, please don't look at me. Don't touch me and don't talk to me. This is that phase. (laughs) And believe it or not, during this time, there's actually 25% more connectivity between the right and left hemispheres of your brain. So like we might notice heightened intuition, but also creative juices flowing, but we're still a little irritable. And I love to throw that out there because it's like, we get to harness the power of menstruation in ways that people never taught us, but like, we'll get there. And then the second phase of your cycle is called the follicular phase. This is when your menstruation is completely done at this point, but your hormones begin to rise, specifically a hormone called your follicle stimulating hormone and your estrogen are on the rise during this time. And what you'll notice physically is kind of like the veil is lifting and you have a bit more energy. The third phase of your cycle is called ovulation. Now we are all pretty familiar with ovulation. This is when we're feeling like a whole new person. This is when there is a surge in your estrogen as well as your testosterone, as well as another hormone called the luteinizing hormone. This is like my favorite phase. And I feel like a lot of us have this as our favorite place because we're like feeling fun and flirting. We're like, yes, I get to do all of the things. And like, you can't tell me I'm not amazing. And then the fourth and final phase of your cycle is called the luteal or PMS phase. Now, during this phase of your cycle, this is when everyone's feeling a little testy. And that's because your estrogen levels have dropped. And just like a side note, as your estrogen levels drop, so do your serotonin levels. So people may notice they're feeling a little bit more irritable and a little bit more moody, but they're there's another hormone that actually rises called progesterone. And I like to say this is like your potentially viable pregnancy hormone. This hormone
ultrasound has one job and that's to support a potential pregnancy. And in doing so, you'll start noticing that you might get a little bit bloated, you might feel a little bit fatigued, and it's because of the actions of this specific hormone. If you are not conceiving, then of course your progesterone levels will decrease. And so the story goes, your endometrium lining begins to shed, it detaches, and your period starts all over again. And it takes us back to phase number one. I mean, hearing you describe it that way is just as a reminder of how incredible our bodies are. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like amazing. We underestimate the power of our bodies in so many different ways because of how we've been conditioned. And, you know, we don't think about how our bodies are on their own natural rhythms. And when you look at the menstrual cycle as a blueprint, you're able to understand the body in like what you're capable of doing, you begin to notice like, Hey, you know, I feel really good for two weeks. And then I kind of feel like trash for two weeks, but it's okay. It's okay to feel like trash and have that downtime because I'm just going to like do some more self-care, do another guided meditation or do a face mask. You know, you give yourself this like permission, if you will, once you understand your period and its power, you then give yourself this permission to just like be who you truly are. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And I loved what you just said about kind of adjusting your self-care and adjusting how you treat yourself to where you're at Mm -hmm. in your cycle. Can we talk about that a little bit more, like how your your wellness and self-care routine may change? Oh, for sure. Okay. So this is like, I'm the person who loves Google Calendar and (laughs) I love to schedule what I call vacation days. Mm -hmm. The day before my period, the first day of my period and the second day of my period, that is my time to bleed and be. Do not talk to me. Do not look at me. Face mask all day. And I allow my body to physically release, but also energetically and emotionally release. So, you know, when you're physically releasing like your your endometrium lining shedding and you're bleeding your body emotionally is doing that so energetically you want to make sure anything that's no longer serving you you're also releasing and that is one of the things that i've learned over the past 2 years if you will how important it is to let go of those emotions that are not serving me right to let go of that weight that i shouldn't be carrying because it's actually directly associated with like my period and how painful it is or is not by tuning into that um so that's just like when I'm in phase one of my cycle, when I'm in phase like two, three of my cycle, self-care isn't like super up there because I'm really focusing on executing and getting things done. That's the time to really strategize, but also to create and communicate. And then when I get to the fourth phase in my cycle, that PMS phase, we're again, turning within and focusing on that internal world and like what my needs are and how I can fill my cup up and then, you know, preparing my body to release again. That's so, so helpful. Something that came up for me as you were describing kind of the changes in your energy and and how you treat yourself during those phases is thinking about all the ways that we expect ourselves to perform at a super high level and do all of the things all of the Mm -hmm. time and how it seems like our bodies are just not designed to do that. (laughs) 
They're not. And, you know, I, I love to just talk science. So we're going to get like kind of nerdy really quick. Yeah. Our hormones are rising and falling. They're literally ebbing and flowing all month long. So it's like, okay, we're going to start the month. Like you start your cycle on this like low, mellow, chill vibe. And then you go into the second and third phases of your cycle. And it's really high and focusing on that execution, right? So if I were to say, like, if any of you are entrepreneurs listening to this, make sure you write this down. Anybody listening to this that works, honestly. The first phase of your cycle is always going to be your ideation phase. The second phase of your cycle is always going to be creation and strategic planning. You're not going to take action just yet, but your brain operates a little bit differently and so do your hormones. So your um, limbic brain, which is like the emotional side of your brain, is not as active during your second phase of your cycle. So you can do anything that's like logical, analytical, super hypercritical during that second phase. During that third phase where you are ovulating, this is when you're executing. This is when you are communicating, negotiating, really achieving your goals and your dreams. And then during that fourth and final phase of your cycle, that PMS phase, you'll notice a dip in your energy again. So rather than like, you know, pointing out problems in like relationships or like just calling people out, go within again, right? But start analytically looking at and critically evaluating what's happening maybe in your business or in your personal life and come up with solutions, being problem solution oriented is really key during that PMS phase. And of course, just like reflecting and releasing as need be. So good. I just took so many notes (laughs) (laughs) while you were running down. I feel like I'm like running through everything so fast, but I'm just like, there's so much information that we were not equipped with. And it's like, this is the blueprint that we can all live our life by if we choose to. For sure. For sure. And it's so helpful. And it also helps us give ourselves grace of Mm -hmm. knowing, okay, when I'm ovulating, that's going to be the time where it is like killing it and I'm blazing and that's great. And then the week after that, I'm going to allow myself to rest and I'm not going to have those expectations. And it's the time for grace. And understanding that is so important. And you know, when we put it on our Google calendar, chill, yes. like chill. Yeah. I really feel like we get it. We understand like, Hey, you know what? I don't need to answer that email right now in this moment. Or you know what? I don't need to have that discovery call or I don't need to have that interaction. I, you know, and there are times I understand where you're still going to have to do a lot of execution on your period, right? Like I don't like to do anything on my period if I can control it, but there are times where I have to be on. And so I can control and align my schedule to say, okay, this is a day I'm on my period. I have a big interview, for instance, right? I have a big call. I'm I'm on Balanced Black Girl Podcast. Big <laughs> deal. We got we got a lot going on. So instead of like worrying about every other minute detail that I need to focus in on, I focus on that one major task when I'm on my period, and that is it. And then everything else can kind of be at the wayside and I don't have to touch it until I'm done with my bleed when I'm done releasing. And then I can refocus and be like, okay, I'm good to go. Let's get it done. Oh, that's such a good tip. So if you do have something that you can't move or that needs to happen during that time, making that the main thing, really focusing and then going back to resting once it's done. 
Yeah, I, I think that we we feel like we have to be very like linear and you know go off a twenty four hour clock. But like fun fact, we have an infradian rhythm, and so we're not on a twenty four hour clock like everyone else. If you have a period, you are actually somebody who is on a twenty eight day clock as opposed to the twenty four hour clock. So our bodies, in the way that we move and process, is going to be a little bit slower, but a lot more rhythmic than somebody who resets every twenty four hours. Mm, that's good. That's good. Oh, that's such a good point. <laughs> so for people who maybe have periods that they're struggling with, like if they have a, an incredibly painful period that is really interacting with their quality of life, or maybe they have a period that's irregular, it's not every 28 days and it's kind of whoever's best guess as to when it will come next. Mm -hmm. What are some things that they can do to help get their cycle, either something that's less dreadful or more predictable? Ooh, such a loaded question. It's getting yeah. juicy. It's getting juicy. Okay. <laughs> so the first thing I would say is find out if your period problem is primary or secondary. Um, a lot of times people go into fixing their periods without understanding if there's other health issues going on. So we want to identify, is this just solely related to my period? So it's a primary issue or is it my period pain associated with something else that could be going on? You know, women of color, we are impacted with a lot of things related to high blood pressure, um, blood sugar. Um, we've got diabetes, hypertension, we've got uh, obesity and different things like this. So those three things specifically impact our periods, which would mean that your period problem is actually a secondary issue because your primary issue could be related to the hypertension. Um, it could be related to the diabetes or the obesity. So you would want to work with your doctor first and foremost to find out if it is a primary or secondary issue because the way that you treat it is going to be different. Now, if your only problem is your period and you're like me and you, you know, that's the only struggle you really have right now. Well, then you are going to start with food. Eat better, not less is my food philosophy because you really want to work with your hormones from the inside out and making sure that you're nourishing your body properly. I love to tell people protein, healthy fat, and fiber at every single meal, and then eliminating some of those foods that are not really serving you. So this can be our caffeines, our alcohols, our sugar, but also that dairy that like, who doesn't love a nice cheese board right now, okay? But those are things you would want to actually eliminate because they negatively impact the way your hormones are working. So those are the first two places I would start. And then like hot tip, raspberry leaf tea, helping to strengthen and tone the muscles of the uterus. And I can't not recommend that because it is like the one thing that I took that I know changed my period altogether. Amazing. How often do you recommend having raspberry leaf tea, like on your period or outside in other phases? So for me, it's like a daily thing. And I recommend that to everyone as a daily thing, unless they are trying to conceive. If you are trying to conceive, you need to work with your doctor because the uh, there's an alkaloid in raspberry leaf tea that'll work a little bit differently with your body as you are trying to conceive. But if you're just trying to manage your period pain, drink it every day, eight to 12 ounces, get your life. You'll be great. <laughs> Love it. This episode is sponsored by Open. As summer winds down and fall approaches, I start craving routine. And this is the time of year when I really want to dial in my habits and finish the year strong. And to do so, it's all about mindset. 
The number one thing that helps me get my habits together is getting my mindset together. And for that, I rely on my daily meditations and breathwork classes on Open. Open is a digital mindfulness platform combining breathwork, meditation, and movement. And this platform has been so beneficial in helping me create a meditation habit. Though I've had my fair share of experience with meditation, I had lost my way with it and wasn't practicing for some time. Earlier this year, I was introduced to Open after hearing about it on another podcast and really connected with the mission, community, and amazing classes they offer, so I'm really excited to be working with them now. I love that they have daily meditations that are inviting and easy to follow and a diverse group of teachers who all have their own unique style. It just makes meditation feel more inviting and doable for everyone. My favorite feature of the app is that you can invite friends and family to take classes with you, which is an incredible way to share mindfulness with the people you love. Though I talk a lot about their meditations, don't sleep on their other classes. The yoga flows and breathwork classes are also excellent, and you can find so many ways to incorporate classes on open into your daily routine. I would love to take a class with you, so join me on Open. Open is giving Balanced Black Girl listeners 30 days free when you visit open-together.com slash balanced. That's 30 days of unlimited meditation, breathwork, yoga, and Pilates. You do not want to miss out on this amazing offer. Again, you can join me on Open by going to open-together.com slash balanced. Are there different foods that are better for us or that support different phases of our cycle? Yeah. So, okay. That the answer is yes, but it is so important that we understand having a balanced plate at every single meal. I can get really specific and say, Hey, during this phase of your cycle. So during phase one of your cycle, we want to focus on comfy and cozy foods, complex carbohydrates, quinoa, different things like that. But I cannot stress the importance of actually just getting a protein, a lean protein, a healthy fat and a fiber. And when I say fiber, I think dark leafy greens, think our sweet potatoes, different things like that at every single meal. More often than not, what I've noticed is people are having one meal a day and like five cups of coffee and then being like, my period is painful. Your body is starving. Of course your period hurts. Like, what are you doing? So like we kind of have to start with the basics of nutrition. And then from there we can get into like the nitty gritty. Do you want to like get into that? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So first phase menstruation, we're going to do our comfy, cozy foods, and we're really going to focus on actually carving up a little bit. So as the body is releasing, we want to make sure that we are replenishing it with lots of fibers and complex carbohydrates and also micronutrients like your irons and your zincs. So I say anything like from like a nice mac and cheese situation, like if that's what you're feeling, go for it. You know, if we're feeling sweet potatoes, go for it. Things like that. And the second phase of your cycle, you want to keep it pretty light and pretty fresh. Um, And so instead of having a lot of warm foods, you're going to go for things that are a little bit colder in temperature. So a lot of different salads, dark leafy greens, again, because we still want to focus in on those micronutrients and really that iron and zinc because those levels are going to be a little lower. Now during ovulation, this is when your metabolism actually changes and does increase. And I like to suggest that people have a lot of protein during this phase. And again, we want to stick with lean proteins, but also healthy fats. So 
I'm a big fan of like salmon, like a smoked salmon situation with like lemon pepper. Oh, so good. We mm. love that. Or like an asparagus with salmon. Oh my goodness. I'm telling you guys what I eat every day. But things like this is really going to help you. And then again, during that fourth and final phase of your cycle, we're going to go back to those comfy, cozy foods, things that are a little bit more um, nutrient dense and calorically dense as well. Amazing. That is so helpful. One more question kind of along those lines is, should our fitness routine change with the different phases of our cycle as well? Yes, 100%. Okay. This is like as a former personal trainer, you know, I I can't not get excited about this. (laughs) So the first phase of yours, well, let's just start with the blanket. You're going to do two weeks of like high intensity stuff and like more like strength training and then two weeks of lower intensity active recovery. That is like the baseline. But to get a little bit more micro with it, when you are on your period, the focus needs to be rest and active recovery really low key things. So you're not applying additional stress to the body. Once your period is done, I would say that's when we're going to do lower intensity exercises for about two to three days and then get into the higher intensity things. So think Pilates, a nice hike, yoga, and then like go to your spin class once you're like three days, four days post period. When you're in ovulation, this is when you are going to focus on strength, resistance, and power training, and really just flexing. Because there's a surge in testosterone, this is the optimal time to do any heavy lifting, any maxing out, any sprinting, anything along those lines. That's what we want to do. And then during your PMS phase, that fourth and final phase, you're going to take the energy and your workout levels down again, and we're going to do low-intensity active recovery-based things. I personally love to box during this phase because like I'm already a little irritable. So I'm like, let's just go hit something. <laughs> like, let's just go for it. Yes. And it, it feels really good to be able to release energy like that, but also know that it's not applying too much stress to my body. And there you have it, the blueprint of flow workouts. Oh my gosh, that was so good. I appreciate how specific you were because I just, I love some specificity here and just giving people really tactical tips. On the other end of that, you know, I'm thinking back to back when I was a personal trainer and didn't understand how all of this worked. And I think about the times where I worked out high intensity all the time for like eight years, right? For people who do that, who are just constantly working out really hard, going really heavy, does that have a negative impact on our hormones? I'm going to be honest and say yes. And, you know, I don't like to say yes, because I know what it was like to be like a high level athlete and Mm -hmm be addicted to training because that's what it is. Yeah. You know, once you get to a certain level, it's hard to work with your flow because you've probably never heard of it. Um, But then sometimes when you are training at such a high level, your period does disappear. Mm -hmm. So that does negatively impact your hormones overall because your menstrual cycle is a monthly report card of your health based off of how heavy you're bleeding, based off of the coloration, based off of whether or not you have pain. It's like a report card saying like, oh, you're healthy today, or no, you're not healthy. You need to fix this. So when you are training at these high levels, it does negatively impact your hormones because you don't give your body a break to actually rest, recover, and relax. And if you're like, listen, sis, I can't give myself a break. I'm going to tell you this, put three days on your calendar day before your period, first day of your period, second day of your period, and go be great. Like 
at least give yourself three days to actively rest and recover and like be with yourself. Bleed and be is what I always say. I said I'm going to put on a t-shirt one day, but like still haven't done that. But like literally (laughs) just bleed and be and relax so that your body gets a chance to recover because in the event that you don't, your period might come up missing. You might struggle to conceive and like we don't want those things for anybody. For sure. Well, and I appreciate you being honest there because, you know, I never want to, you know, scare anybody. I mean, everybody has the autonomy to do what they want to do and train how they want to train and drink as much coffee as they want to drink. However, (laughs) it's important that we have those honest conversations because we are told that those things are what's good for us is to, you know, work out all the time, super hard till failure or, you know, having X cups of coffee or whatever. We're just told that these things are just okay and don't fully understand how they work with our bodies. And so I think just giving us all the information so that folks can still make the best choice for them is so important. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell people, I am here to inform you and never to offend you. So if you're listening to this and you're like, listen, this didn't hit, like, this didn't hit me the way I wanted to. This hit real different. Yeah. Just know, I want you to dig deeper into that. So like, why is it that you can't go a day without working out? What is your relationship with exercise like? What is your relationship with your body like? And why is it that you can't give yourself permission to rest? Because rest is an essential part of training. Everybody knows that, you know? So like think about maybe areas where you might have a toxic relationship with something that's supposedly healthy and figure out how you can fix it. And like, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but like, you know, somebody has to say it. Sometimes the tough pills to swallow are the the vitamins we need to take, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, honestly, I remember the moment that I started talking to people who were personal trainers about like training their clients in sync with their cycle. And they were like, wait, what? And all of my friends who are trainers are just like, I love this. This makes so much sense. Okay, so we can like schedule things like this. I should test them during this time. Oh, so I should adjust the workout this way. People are still getting their results. It just, you know, it takes a little bit of time to unlearn kind of the norm that we thought was okay and like learn something that is really actually okay. It's unlearning and then relearning. For sure, for sure. Relearning and I hate to say like new normal because it's truly how our bodies were designed to work, but it is kind of a new normal if you don't know and you haven't been taught. Yeah. And not only that, but it's just like a lot of people, I think the one of the blessings of this year has been we've all been forced to slow down, Mm -hmm. become very aware of what's happening, not only in our personal lives, but collectively and being able and open to tuning into a rhythm that is different than what we've been used to. So this is just kind of like the icing on the cake of like what's happened this year. Yeah, for sure. And really tapping into living more in flow. No, no pun intended. (laughs) We love a good pun. (laughs) I'm a good flow pun, but it's true. And, and really focusing on flowing over forcing. Yes. And I love to say that flow is not only a state of mind, but it's something our body naturally does. And it's truly a way we can live our life if we so choose. It's just a means and matter really of us making that choice and saying, hey, I'm going to choose to be in the rhythm that is naturally aligned with me and anything that's not in alignment with it, I'm all set on. 
Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. So if someone has never tracked their period or their cycle phases, Mm-hmm. How can they start? Like if someone's saying, okay, what sign can I look for in my body to tell me when I'm in each phase outside of obviously, you know, luteal to menstrual is, is pretty self-explanatory. How do we start looking for signs in our bodies to know where we're at? First things first, check your panties. That's what I literally <laughs> tell everybody. So we are checking our panties for two reasons. One, you are looking for cervical mucus or cervical fluid. And then the second thing you are going to look for is your cervix placement. So, you know, like you said, you'll always know when you are in your PMS phase or your period phase for the most part. One, you'll feel really uncomfortable at times when you're PMSing, you'll just kind of feel the cramping and the bloating come about, but you'll also notice when you're on your period, you're bleeding. So those are self-explanatory, but how do I know if I'm in my follicular phase or my ovulatory phase? It really boils down to looking in your panties in the morning and you're looking for that cervical mucus. So cervical mucus, the one thing you want to make sure is if it looks like raw egg whites, you're ovulating. If it does not look like a raw egg white, then you are not ovulating. Not only this, but you're checking for your cervix placement and cervix placement is actually going to tell you a few things, but more specifically, um, you're looking for something. Well, we test for something called show. Now, if you are utilizing cervix placement, you are definitely going to have to stick your finger inside of your vaginal canal. And if you notice that it feels like the tip of your nose, then you are not ovulating. But if it feels like your cupid's bow or like your upper lip, then you are ovulating. So those are a few things that we like to check. And last but certainly not least, we have your BBT, which is your basal body temperature, but that is really how we track things and are a little bit aware. Mostly I just tell people wait till your period and start tracking your cycle from there. But if you're like, listen, sis, I haven't had it in a while. You're going to start with your basal body temperature and then you're going to check your cervical fluid and then you're going to check your cervix placement and you're going to track that for about 28 to 30 days. And from there, you'll be able to notice some patterns within that. And that's how you'll know which phase you're in. Oh my gosh, that is so, so helpful. And what I appreciate too about understanding what's happening with your cervical mucus and with your cervical placement is just really getting super familiar and understanding your body, which it's very easy to be disconnected from your body. And so I think those practices are just such a good way to really get in tune with yourself and understand what's going on. I would also love to talk a little bit about how stress can impact our menstrual cycles. So if we are experiencing extreme stress, I think that it's pretty common that, you know, we may experience either having some irregularity or if our, you know, period is late, stress could be why, but could stress also make these symptoms we're experiencing worse or how does that work? Stress is the HBIC, okay? (laughs) She literally, she, cortisol and insulin are the two things that sit at something that we like to call in the menstrual space, hormonal hierarchy. And hormonal hierarchy, if you've never heard of it, is essentially just a simplified way to understand key hormones at play in your body, but especially within your menstrual cycle. So if your cortisol levels are extremely high, I'm just gonna say it because somebody has to say it, you're going to be, in massive discomfort when it comes to your period because cortisol obviously causes your adrenals to overwork 
and causing your adrenals to overwork actually pulls energy from other places and support from other places within the body. And in the easiest and most non-science way I can explain, it's taking energy from your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone, as well as your melatonin, your thyroid hormones. And it's like, oh, I'm too stressed out. So I'm not going to produce the things that are going to help you have a better period because for whatever reason, you're in a constant fight or flight state. So when you're in that chronic stress state, right, or chronic anxiety, because stress and anxiety are two sides of the same coin, literally, you know, what your body will do is it will stop functioning the way that it needs to. And if it does, because your body does try to regulate itself, it will cause it to maybe be a little bit more inflamed, hold on to things that it can't hold on to anymore. And so there's all of these confounding variables and issues that arise when you don't keep your stress in check. So that's just a little bit of how it works. But like, if we need to kind of unpack it more, like, let's do it. (laughs) That totally, totally makes sense. And it makes sense that making sure that we're incorporating stress management is a part of that kind of care routine that we have been kind of talking about this whole time. What are some ways that you like to keep stress in check to make sure it doesn't impact your cycle? Well, first, I, I the practitioner in me, educator in me has to give you guys a question to think about because I want you to journal through it. Yeah. What what is a healthy level of stress for you? Mm-hmm. I feel like people don't even know what that means, but we all need to establish what is it that is okay and what is it that is not okay and then move from there. For me, stress management is what I like to call simple. Like every morning, daily flow check without fail. I check in to see where I'm at in my cycle. And then I write down what I'm feeling, body, mind, spirit, and then life, but also what am I grateful for and how do I want my day to be? I'm somebody who loves rhythms and routines. So I start every single day with the same thing on a piece of paper. Then from there, I get into like a little bit of breath work, especially if I'm PMSing, I love breath work on like a PMS day or a period day. It just really helps relax my body. And then from there, I just really live in a constant state of daily flow. Everything I do is surrounded and about flow. So if I'm not flowing with it, I'm not doing it. (laughs) I love that. I need to, I need to borrow that mantra. (laughs) Hey, I I think this is like the thing is 2020 has taught me to flow in life. And so that's what I'm going to do. Like I thought I was in control of so many different things, but I'm not in control. I'm just in charge. Mm -hmm. And like understanding that and then flowing with it, I've just been like, oh, we're good. Like, oh, this happened. Okay. Pivot. Oh, that happened. Pivot. Like it's just, it's innate at this point. Absolutely. I think, yeah, the past year has really taught us how things can happen that are far beyond our control and how important our reactions are to those situations for sure. Mm -hmm. And I love to tell people like, I'm all about being proactive, especially when it comes to our periods. Like, you know, if you've had a period for a while, you know, she's probably showing up like the fourth Saturday of every month, (laughs) put it on your calendar. No surprises. We know. It's all good. (laughs) Exactly. Oh my goodness. This has just been like the best, most informative. I have pages of notes just from the time we have been talking already. (laughs) 
I'm so honored. That makes me so happy. Like we covered so much too. We covered a lot of ground, but it was so, so helpful. I mean, this is like truly essential information for anybody who has a period for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I've watched you guys do the foundations of flow, menstruation 101, like flow philosophy. Like we've done so much. And I just really hope that everyone can take away one thing. And that's like giving yourself permission to bleed and be and like, that's it. That's so good. Thank you for that. So Barry, what is self-care looking like for you these days? Like, how are you taking care and keeping yourself held? That's good. Honestly, right now, I'm not sure. Like, I feel like there's the physical things that I could say, but really I focused in a lot on my mental health recently and just making sure that I'm doing what's really in alignment with me. So it's really been a lot of boundaries operating only in out of integrity and like generosity. That has been a lot of my self-care these past few weeks, but also like we love a good face mask and taking the time to actually like sit with my feelings and understand them. But again, I live in this constant state of daily flow. So I guess like my whole life is all about self-care at this point. And I don't really think of it as that, but that is really what it is. Mm, That's beautiful though, that it is truly just embedded kind of into the fabric of how you live your life each day. Yeah. I mean, when I first started out as like an adult, I had graduated from college and I was in corporate America. My health wasn't where it needed to be because I was struggling with my adrenals and like, you know, deadlines, this, doing that, pop, 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 like just always on the go. And I remember my naturopath telling me at 23, she was just like, okay, listen, you're either going to choose your career or your health because the trajectory of this isn't where it needs to be. And I made that decision then that I was always going to prioritize my health, care, and well-being above all. And so three years later, here we are. And I'm just like, yeah, I guess my life is all about (laughs) self-care. But that's such a, I think that that's such an incredible realization to come to, especially coming to that realization when you're, you know, in your early twenties, it's really beautiful because there's so many people who get that realization so much later and, and it's okay to get that realization later, as long as you get it right. Like if you're Mm -hmm. still able to receive the message, it's not too late to start taking care of yourself, but to, to realize that your health is the most important thing you have at a young age is such a gift. Yeah, I was um, reading or watching something with Lisa Nichols, and she talked about these nine areas of life, and at the center is like you, your thoughts, your feelings, your beliefs, your connection to spirituality, and it resonated with me so much because I've been able to see that transcend in every aspect of my life, and I'm just so grateful that I get to now share that with other people. Mm, that's beautiful. I mean, I'm a big, big Lisa Nichols fan. So I she's, love she's iconic. She is. She's incredible. Love a good Lisa Nichols reference. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that. And it's kind of that idea of no matter where you go, there you are. 
Yeah. And I think for so long, everyone has like run away from themselves or been distracted by so many different things. And this, this year we all had to kind of look in the mirror and say, who am I and what do I stand for? And like that gut check on a consistent basis Mm -hmm. is just such a beautiful thing, but also it's like kind of uncomfortable because it's like, I haven't looked in the mirror that long. Like, hold up, wait, what? But I think it's what we all need and continuously work through. Mm, I could not agree more. Could not agree more. It has definitely been a time for a lot of reflection. And sometimes, you know, I think reflection is one of those things, almost like self-care where it can sound like pretty and whimsical and fluffy, but if you're really getting down to it and doing it, it actually is kind of an ugly process. (laughs) Oh, she is not cute. (laughs) No. But you know, 2020 has been the year of transformation for me personally, but I think for so many other people, because you do have to do that process of like the hard work, right? It's, it's, it's the looking in the mirror and saying, oh, you know what? That's it. We need to, we have to get her in check. We're not sure what kind of treatments she needs, but like we have to do things like that. And I'm so grateful that we all are doing that work and we all understand like the importance of addressing those things and sitting with it. Because like um, one of my favorite quotes is by Rumi, it's the wound is where the light comes from. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have all leaned into that wound so much. And now we're like, oh, the transformation, the light is coming and I can feel it. I can see it. So yeah. Oh my goodness. That is beautiful. Thank you. I'm like, I hadn't heard that one before, but I love it. <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest. I heard it in Across the Universe um, with like, I think it was called Across the Universe. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Or no, no, no. It's a wrinkle in time. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, wrinkle yeah. in time, Oprah's movie. And like, she literally quoted it and I was like, okay. Like, with it. I, I'm with that one. I think yeah. that's, that's the most beautiful way to look at any healing journey and understanding that the wound is truly where the light comes from. And I think that gives us the permission to lean into it a little more. Mm, yes. Oh, thank you for that. That is so good. <laughs> so Barry, what does being a balanced Black girl mean to you? Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Being a balanced Black girl is being authentic and true to who I am. I think a lot of us get caught up in the identity of what it is we think it means to be balanced or what we think it means to be Black or what we think it means to be a girl, right? But really, it's who are you authentically? Drop the labels, drop the titles, who are you? And whoever that is. That is what it means to be a balanced black girl. Mm, Oh my goodness. Okay. We're going to drop the labels and the titles and the mic on that one because (laughs) that was so good. Wasn't expecting that either. (laughs) (laughs) That's really, really beautiful though. And I think, I mean, yeah, being able to really look within authentically at ourselves and to live authentically to who we are is truly one of the best gifts we can give ourselves. For sure. Because I think that, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't mind a title or a label. Like, I love Balanced Black Girl, right? Like, I love that. But if I were to think of what that really means, you know, 
or what society says that means. It means I'm doing breath work every day, meditating, yoga, different things like that. But like, what if I don't do that every day? Mm -hmm. Then what am I not balanced, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think when you drop it all and you're like, I am me and I love who I am unconditionally through and through, that is the balance, black girl. Like that is what we're looking for. Absolutely. Oh, 100. I couldn't agree more. And I think balance is one of those words where people gravitate to it, but also everyone talks about how much they hate it at the same time, which is fine. I don't get offended. <laughs> I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I am, I am a marketer. So, you know, yeah, that's, they're just words. But I do think that there's so much power in really redefining it for ourselves, which is why I ask everybody that question. Because if we were to look at what Instagram tells us it's balance or what patriarchy tells us it's balance. It means you're doing all the things at 100% and everything's perfect. And that's not what it looks like in real time, in real life. And when we can take that definition back, we can kind of take our power back. And I think it's super important that we do so and that we define those things for what we want them to be. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. And like, I'm going to be honest, I'm one of those people who has like a love-hate relationship with balance, Mm -hmm. but that's also why I've shifted to alignment because it's, it's very similar to balance, but like, I don't know for me, whenever somebody says like, this is an alignment with me, there's so much power that comes behind it. And it's like, whoa, hold up. You said you're aligned with this. Like, we need to talk about what this is. Like, I need to know more because, you know balance and alignment go hand in hand. It's just kind of like more of the spiritual perspective and the physical perspective. I think that when you say alignment immediately, I think people think of like more of this like spiritual esoteric concept, but also like it hits them differently. Whereas with balance, like we think of that and we tangibly see like the scale, right? Like the two, um, well, and it's the scale, right? With the yeah, like, yeah. Okay, I just want space. <laughs> I'm having like again a brain fart, but yeah. like you know, we see that scale, and we we almost see like a Libra, like oh, how are we going to balance this today, right? But like that alignment, it's like nope, it's just going to be, and I think that that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I love I love the idea that the two work together for sure. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I learned so much and enjoyed this conversation so much. Can you please tell our audience where they can find you, how they can keep in touch with you, where they can listen to your podcast and how they can work with you? Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm like, this is like a bucket list thing for me. So I'm so grateful to be here. And friends, if y'all want to come hang out with me, come hang out with me on Instagram at Barry on L Barry. Um, and then my podcast is called Flow with Barry on Barry. We talk about everything from like syncing with your cycle to hormones to self-healing. That's what I'm all about. And then if you want to work with me, please come hang out with me at theflowacademy.com. We literally it just think like everything you need to know about your period, but in course format, because I loved like a digital course. I'm a teacher through and through. So yeah, that's where you can find me and work with me and all that jazz. 
Amazing. I mean, I know after this is like we did a, a high level crash course today and I know everybody's going to want to like really dig into the details and we'll make sure we have all of your information linked in the show notes so that everyone can find you, find your courses, listen to the podcast and continue working with you. Amazing. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thank you for tuning into Balanced Black Girl. If you enjoyed this episode and feel called doing so, we would really appreciate a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes and more offerings at balanceblackgirl.com. 